It's men's night. If you will, open your Bibles tonight to 1 Thessalonians uh, chapter 1. You know, this this past week I had a thought come into my mind, and I, I thought on it all week long, and I, I just couldn't get rid of it, so I said, well, that's what I'm going to preach on. And the thought that I had come to my mind and, and really been looking at is I love my church, and and if you were to go out and you were to tell someone, hey, I love my church, they'd probably look at you a little weird. Because a lot of times we can find every problem that we have in our church, but we forget to tell people how great it is. And as I was reading First Thessalonians chapter 1, Paul mentions this church at Thessalonica and he, he begins to talk about some of the things going on there and some of the same things going on there I see happening here in this church and that's what I wanted to talk to you tonight about verses 1 through 6 in chapter 1 if you will stand with me as we read these Paul and Silvanus and Timothy Theus unto the church of Thessalonians uh which is in God the Father and in the Lord Jesus Christ, grace be unto you, and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We give thanks to God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work of faith and labor of love and patience of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ, in the sight of God our Father, knowing, brethren beloved, your election of God 
For our gospel came not unto you in word only, but also in the power and in the Holy Ghost and in, in much assurance, as you know what manner of men we were among you for your sake. And you became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction with joy of the Holy Ghost. Let's bow for a word of prayer. Dear Lord, thank you for this day. Dear Lord, thank you for allowing us to come here tonight and look at these scriptures, dear Lord, thank you so much for this church and what she stands for here in this community, dear Lord. Dear Lord, help us to have people of this church, church members that love this church and are willing to serve in, in any capacity they can, dear Lord. Dear Lord, just forgive us all our sins. In your name I pray. Amen. One of the first things I look at as I read across those scriptures is one of the main reasons I love this church is I love to see relationships, eternal relationships made. We look at this, and Paul says in verse 6, And ye became followers of us and of the Lord, having received the word in much affliction. People were saved, okay? And I love to come to this church, and I love to see people saved. I love to see people come to the saving knowledge of who Christ is and follow our Lord. Not only were these people saved, but they began to follow it out. They began to live it out. If you look at that, it says, And they, having received the word in much affliction, with joy. They started, they began to live out the word. They began to follow what Paul and what uh, Sylvanus and Timotheus, what they were doing, because what they were doing was following the Lord. I love to see that here at Promised Land. I love to see... When souls are saved. But there's also something else that maybe you don't think about. See, there's an eternal relationship between me and Christ that's going to last forever. And I love to see that made here at Promised Land. But there's something else I love to see. I love to see a kid give his life to Christ. And then there's an eternal relationship with his parents at that moment. Because one day his parents will stand before the throne and worship the King of Kings and Holy of Holies and that child will be there with them. And you know, as I look around and I see all of you, I think of the friendships we have. And, you know, whether it's playing dominoes or whether it's uh, cooking fish or whatever we're doing, we've got eternal friendships because we have eternal Saviour. Those are the kind of relationships that I love to see. And that's, that's what we have here at this church. If you look around and you see people being saved or have been saved, we have the forming of not just a relationship, but an eternal relationship. We can be friends for all eternity, sitting at the throne of God and worshiping Him for the rest of our lives. Not only do I see these eternal relationships Blooming here at this church, and I love that fact, and I love that our church family will will not only be a church family here on this earth, but when we sit around the throne of God, we can be a church family there as well. But not only do I see that in verses 1 and 2, Paul, he says in verse 2, We give thanks of God always for you all, making mention of you in our prayers, remembering without ceasing your work, of faith. You see, if, if you bounce down a little bit, Paul talked about how this church was an example to other people. 
It says in verse 7, so that ye were made in samples to all that believed in Macedonia and Arcadia. For, for from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Archaea, but also in every place your faith for Godward is spreading abroad so that we need not to speak anything. See, Paul looked at this church as somebody that was on board with his ministry. And I love the fact that Promised Land has a worldwide significance. We send out missionaries. We, we are a part of different ministries across this world. And I'm excited about that. We don't just focus on ourselves here at Promised Land, but we're reaching people in different areas of the world. In the middle of the night, when we're asleep, somebody in another country could be saved. That's worldwide significance. And I love that about our church. I love that it doesn't mean that we financially help them, but maybe we pray for them. Maybe we go alongside of them and help them in their ministry. I'll never forget, uh, whenever I started seminary, uh, one of the neat opportunities I got was to go to the UCA campus and, and help another a missionary, an MBSF missionary, I guess. But anyway, his ministry was that campus, and I got to help him pass out tracts and, and witness to po- people at the bus stop. You see, when we go along and help missionaries, when we support them financially through prayer, we are making a worldwide significance. But not only that, but Paul looks at verse 3 and he says, one of, the, one of the reasons we mention you in our prayer is we're remembering without ceasing your work of faith. Paul says that when he prays for this church, he remembers that they work in faith. I'm sure uh, during this day and time, you, you look back in it, uh, the persecution that Thessalonians faced and all the early churches in general, it took a lot of faith for them to serve God. Paul himself uh, was thrown in prison several times on many occasions, beaten for preaching the gospel, but he had to have faith and work in faith to be strong. It takes faith for us to do what God's called us to do. And I love to see when, when Promised Land steps out on faith, when they do something in faith, not knowing the end result, but they step out and say, God will provide. I love that. I love that about our church. Some, sometimes I don't know that how a problem's going to work out. I don't know when the situation arises, what the outcome would be. But yet I know God's going to work. Faith sometimes needs to be stretched so that you and I and all of us can grow. And I love to see in our church... That in those moments we step out on faith, we completely lean on God as a group. And I, I look around and I think, we're in this together. We, we don't have to step out on faith and, and say, oh, I'm doing this on my own. But we, as a congregation, can step out on faith and say, we're not doing this alone because we have God on our side. I love to see that. But also Paul says, not only remembering your work of faith, but he says your labor of love. We talked about this in BTC tonight, how, how Promised Land is, is such a, 
a loving church. And I love to hear reports about it in the men's meeting this morning. We spoke about it a little bit. Uh, if you missed the men's meeting this morning, uh, we went from business to praise real quick. And it, I, I enjoyed it uh, because our church has been doing some great things and, and people are noticing. And when we get together, that's all we want to talk about. Not only did this church at Thessalonica work in faith, but they labored in love. To spread the gospel effectively, we must love one another. It was the direct command of Christ that we love one another. Uh, Promised land, many people say it, is one of the most loving places they know of. Recently, we've had reports about people saying the same thing. That we've said all along. But I just want to remind you that any great work that Promised Land will do or will ever do has to be bathed in love. If not, it'll be of very little significance. It has to be bathed in love because that's what Christ calls us to do. If you look down with me at 1 Thessalonians 1 and verse 7, it says, so that ye were in samples to all that believed in Macedonia and in Archaea. For from you sounded out the word of the Lord, not only in Macedonia and Archaea, but also in every place your faith to Godward is spreading abroad, so that we need not speak anything. For they themselves showed us what manner of entering in we had unto you, and how ye turned to God from idols to serve the living and true God, and to wait for the, His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, even Jesus, which delivered us from the wrath to come. You see, this church at Thessalonica, they had a focus. And, I, and that's one thing I love about our church, is we have an eternal focus, or an ever, everlasting focus. Paul speaks of this church turning from the worship of idols to the true and living God. I believe Paul was literally talking about this group of people uh, worshiping some object instead of God. But because of the witness of Paul, because of their witness, many had turned to worshiping the one and true living God. But that that's where they ended up and... And I think, what is our focus here? And and should we have a focus, an everlasting focus? And what I mean by that is glorifying God, that is what we will do for all eternity. It, It won't end the day I die. Glorifying God is what heaven is all about. That is the business of heaven. Is singing praise and rejoicing in Christ who who took my sin. And paid for it on the cross. It's not about what any individual group or individuals can do in this church. It's about what Christ can do through this church. And, and that's an everlasting focus. If we are focused on Christ and what, how can we glorify Him? How can we praise Him? How can we lift Him up in the community around us? And we realize that it's not going to be by our efforts, but it's going to be about what He does through us. Then we have an everlasting focus. When we raise Jesus up and allow Him to be head over this church, incredible things will happen. 
And when we focus on honoring and glorifying God, we must have. When we focus on honoring and glorifying God, we have just begun the business of heaven here on earth. I think about all, all these different ministries that Paul went to, all the different things that he did. I think about what my church is doing. And I think about, would those disciples want to be a part of what Promised Land is doing? I love my church. And the reason I wanted to preach this, and I wanted, I wanted to tell you about these few things, is sometimes, especially here lately, we've been dealing with logistics. Where do we put people? And that's an awesome problem. But sometimes that can be discouraging in itself. And so I went home one night and I just started writing down things. All the discouraging things that, that can come to my mind soon left when I, when I started writing down the reasons I love my church. You see, we've got great things to do here. And whatever problems will arise, we need to step out on faith and say, He'll take care of them. And we need to be the church that God's called us to be. As we get ready for a hymn of invitation, before we begin, I don't normally do things like this, but I want you to take a moment to think why do I love this church? Why am I here? Am I here just because I've always been here? Or is there passion behind why I'm here? Is there a reason that I'm here that's going to glorify God? Perry Noble said this week as I was listening to one of his sermons, attendance will never be of any significance. It's involvement that matters. We can come, we can be here, we can go home. But if we're never involved, there'll be no change, there'll be no growing, there'll be nothing. We have to be involved and we have to be passionate about our church. So think about that thing just for a second. Why do I love my church? Everybody thought of something? Let that drive you to serve Him in this church.